0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Hi, Eden.
2: Hi, Ioni.
1: And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester and the author of Four Little Sit Girls. And I'm Eden, the managing editor of polyester, and the co-host of this podcast. This is the Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. Where we pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all
2: before we get started, please like, rate, review, and subscribe. Sorry to sound out them. Do we have any reviews?
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Thank you so much for leaving us reviews. This review is. Five stars, Gold Star Nourishment, the Parasocial Relationship You Need in Your Life. Love this podcast. That is by Yellow Friday in Great Britain. Not so Love Great that. Britain. Thank you. It's true. Thank you. Gold <laughs> Star
2: Nourishment is is very sweet.
1: Yeah, and uh, I like you are all welcome to have parasocial relationships with me. I don't mind. I don't mind either. I welcome it. Are else than Taylor Swift. Dun dun dun. Exactly. Taylor Swift episode <laughs> yeah. incoming. <laughs> um okay so today we are talking about whether we are living through an era of anti-intellectualism so i feel like basically the reason we started thinking about this podcast episode was because gina who works with us kept sending us things about it and saying dear podcast, dear podcast. so a we've caved um but was seeing it on twitter too mostly in the context of well, I feel like when I first saw it, it was in the context of fast fashion. So it was like Aja Barber and um, a couple of other accounts that I follow were basically like pulling apart the, you know, poor people deserve nice clothes argument of um, of fast fashion and saying it was like deeply unintellectual, like that it kind of is a good example of also sorry if anyone can hear my cat is literally sleeping on the keyboard and wiggling his tail all over my keyboard he is an anti-intellectual unfortunately so I feel like it's kind of married with like a lack of critical thinking like always believing that you're right no matter what so shall we start with Let's start with the bit in your research where you're talking about like understanding anti-intellectualism in the US, which is a, is it an academic paper?
2: Yes, it was. Yeah.
1: Do you want to go through it?
2: Yeah. So the concept of anti-intellectualism has changed and evolved over time without one single definition. So uh, Richard Hofstader in anti-intellectualism in American life, which came up a lot when I was doing research for this, so I think it's. It's a groundbreaking text and very influential. Uh, It was written in 1963, and he said, anti-intellectualism is a resentment and suspicion of the life of the mind of those who are considered to represent it and a disposition constantly to minimise the value of that life. So basically, it's kind of evolved now into a social attitude that undermines science-based facts, academic and institutional authorities and the pursuit of theory and knowledge. And I think we saw that come up a lot probably since 2016, Donald Trump, the rise of fake news, the rise of squashing down facts with your opinions. And that kind of coming through is like a really, uh, really influential way of thinking.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's definitely a very Trumpian era, but I feel like we're living through the biggest brainwounds of it now. So like it started with right-wing people and then that's obviously very like, right-wing rhetoric right that you're always right like don't believe what people tell you Mm -hmm. also kind of like appeasing certain types of voters in which politicians may deem to be anti-intellectual like I'm not saying they are but you know like salt of the earth people or whatever or like don't they call it like in this country like the red wall and like stuff like that and basically like trying to appease the inverted commas because obviously working class people are not that like the lowest common denominator, Yeah, like making everything super easy to understand, but then like not necessarily true or also putting like opinion forward as fact. So we obviously saw that a lot with like anti-COVID stuff and like anti-vaccine rhetoric. And then I feel like we see it more and more and more. It's just really hard to decipher the truth on the internet a lot of the time like even the most intellectual of people can fall into the trap of this a lot in this text it says anti-intellectualism is often misunderstood as more hostility towards acquiring knowledge or the by-product of a lack of a formal education However, this definition ignores how anti-intellectualism has been wielded by those with power as a means to uphold the ideas and systems that benefit them and thus enabling the continued expansion of these attitudes through society over time. As a result, anti-intellectualism is evoked as a way to halt the acquisition of new knowledge that would undermine groups with power and privilege and does so by painting these new ideas as irrelevant to daily life or simply false. And I think that's really interesting because like, a lot of our other research which we'll go into or a lot of other like anti-intellectualism stuff is kind of like um, conversations about high versus low taste or like snobbery versus whatever, not a snob being a snob. There's all these kind of arguments, but it kind of goes with what I say in my book in the taste chapter, which is that basically like lots of these things exist at the same time, but they, what we are being considered, what are we, what we are told is good, and what we are told is bad, is wielded by those in power to remain their power. Like it doesn't have our best interests at heart, not at all. So that exists in politics a lot, but also with online people.
2: Yeah, I think that th- it's definitely so so uh, common in politics. Like, think about like all the breakfast, breakfast, Brexit stuff.
1: <laughs> all, all the Brexit, the Brexit breakfast, all the Brexit
2: stuff where people were like li- lied to by the NHS, told this is going to happen on on the basis of like a massive political vote was literally all lies and then when the vote went through none of that came true it's like
1: yeah exactly
2: used like they've they've used their opinion to change the course of politics
1: and it's all kind of like distracting right like the way it's like oh yeah like you should be angry at these people that are more similar to you as opposed to like the people that actually have the power which is also kind of the same thing as the fast fashion argument which is like, oh, poor people deserve things. So then it becomes about like these perceived poor people arguing with like more middle class people, maybe that can afford like or deem themselves to be able to afford better things. Whereas like the problem is obviously the corporations that are creating all of this mass waste and all of this bad fashion and exploiting actual working class people f- with low wages and bad like working conditions. But I feel like it's definitely. This type of anti intellectualism and the thinking. So it says in the research anti intellectualism has become a common fixture in the subsequent campaigns of Nixon, Reagan, Bush, and Trump to convey a stance of strong leadership and instinct not reliant on established experts while decision making. And that's very like concrete politics, very like right wing. But then I feel like we're all really guilty of it on the internet and the way we like judge people and the way that we think we're. Putting our critical thinking cap on, but we're not. Yeah. Like, we're really just, like, projecting. Yeah, punching down, again. So I think it's interesting as well that, like, we're talking about intellectualism, which is considered, like, very measured and very whatever, all of these things – But really, by wielding anti-intellectualism, these politicians and also people on the Internet are really playing into our emotions. So like with the fast fashion example, it's like, well, you don't want poor people to have things. That's very emotional. Right. Because then if you're working class, it will be like, well, these people don't want me to have nice things. And it will make you feel like really impassioned against it without really probably having probably having the full understanding of like, the damage or like the full context, because once emotion comes into things, it completely blocks any sort of rational thinking or emotion can be rational as well. I don't know. (laughs) I'm contradicting myself, but you know what I mean? It's like taking a very easy, like sound thing. Like maybe we should talk about the coffee lady. Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) This is, yeah, this is again where critical thinking comes into play. So this woman, you might have seen this on Twitter, because it kind of... I was thinking, you know, in, in the day, in the 24-hour news cycle, is this really what we all want to be talking about today? But
1: we did. <laughs> it's uh, like that thing, like, who's the main character on Twitter today? She's the main is, character for, like, a week. Oh, oh my
2: God, that is literally so fucking <laughs> true. And then no, tomorrow, no one no one cares.
1: No one will know.
2: Oh, my God, main character on Twitter, that has literally just blown my mind. Yesterday, it was highly-claimed. <laughs>
1: Yesterday it was Heidi Klum Heidi doing her a little whammy worm. wham, worm, <laughs> which is amazing. It was yeah, Nadia Lee Cohen eat your fucking heart out. Like oh. that was oh. art. <laughs> that was art. Shots fired.
2: Moving on swiftly. Um, so Daisy, the uh, at little plant mummy. Yeah, kind of an annoying name. Annoying handle Uh, (laughs) garden coffee lady tweeted my husband and i wake up every morning and bring our coffee out to the garden and sit and talk for hours every morning it never gets old and we never run out of things to talk to i love him so much and everyone went fucking crazy worms for brains um fully so the tweet was seemingly wholesome uh, yep. Everyone then was saying it's a humble brag. It's backed widespread criticism. People were accusing her of being inconsiderate, but others claimed her tweet was an indicator of her alleged wealth. <laughs> Don't you guys go out to work? One person asked, and someone said, That's cool. I wake up every morning and fight my way through traffic for an hour in Miami to get to work. <laughs> Must be nice. And then someone said, "I wake up every day with chronic pain. Wash down my OCD medication with an iced oat milk latte. But stop, whatever stop it. potato, potato. Am I right?" <laughs> and it just, yeah, it just, I think is like the whole, the whole uh, crux of what we're trying to get at is this anti-intellectualism and such an individualistic way of thinking that you see something on the internet and you think, "What's that? That thing that's like." Um, that nice thing happened to you. I don't care. I wish it happened to me. It's like a little yeah. It's like, like that. It's, it's yeah, that.
1: yeah, yeah, It's like that other one where it's like, person tweets about waffles, and the person replies, "What about pancakes? Do you fucking hate pancakes? How dare you talk about waffles?"
2: <laughs> it's so true, but this is this is what gets us like, and this is what gets people riled up. And I think why, when it's used in politics and used in films and other media and stuff, it really speaks to people. But yeah, the, the coffee lady thing. What do you think?
1: It's just it's just bananas to me. Like it is just bananas. I mean, I think Twitter is like its own special brand of absolute like filth. Like it's the lowest common denominator of social media. I hate it. I think it's full of scummy people that just exist to be angry about things. Um, Like there's so many other examples because I also you see that, and by the time it reaches us or like the type of people that listen to this podcast. We're probably more seeing the backlash part of it, like people being like, oh, the response is ridiculous. But then even more so, like literally since that coffee woman went viral, I've seen so many people like calling out more. If they make like a nice tweet, like they have a nice party or they like go for a nice meal. People commenting like, how dare you afford, like how dare you go for dinner? How dare you have friends? How dare you do this? How dare you do that? And like, I think it's something we experience in the comments a lot as well on these podcast episodes, like how dare you not consider this and that and that and that. Like someone, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say who, obviously, because I don't want to call people out, but like someone commented on our wife guy being like, well, soft boys are queer coded, so this is actually homophobic. And I think it ties in with the anti-intellectualism thing because these people think they're being intellectual mm-hmm. and they think they're having a like, um intersectional, socially aware approach but really they're just projecting their own biases onto this person and everyone does post with intention but the intention is not always to make a statement so like that lady who posted about her coffee I mean apparently it was it you that told me it came out that she is a massive like right-wing anti-abortion person anyway so fuck her yeah but like (laughs) sometimes people are just posting to be like I have a nice life and we are allowed to do that because these people's lives might also be really shitty behind closed doors like you don't know but then people just come at it with like, no, we're on the internet. So we need to project these politics onto every single part of it. I don't get it. Conversation. Yeah.
2: Like we can, two things can exist at the same time. And I think yeah. this is the problem. Like, like we can discuss soft boys. We can discuss this. Doesn't mean we're, we're talking about every single thing that could possibly be to do with that at once because yeah. we can't do that. It's nuanced.
1: And this is like another that's I think this is why it ties into like the anti intellectualism of culture as well, because it's like to call the way that these people respond to people on the Internet. Criticism feels like too high of a bar. But then they're the type of people that if you, for example, criticise a Marvel film, they say like, how dare you snob? Marvel Mm. is Mm -hmm. for the people, for the man, for the everybody. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. People aren't allowed to not like things anymore. Yeah. But then people also don't like things too much. (laughs) (laughs) Everything
1: happens so much. (laughs) All the time. Do you want to talk us through the Disney article?
2: Yeah. So there was an article on, which was like so unpenetratably academic, which I really hate oh, academic no. writing. It was really, really good. So it's by Owen Schalk for the monthly for Monthly Review, which is like uh, like a communist mm-hmm. website. Um so it's about Disney, Salo and Pasolini's in consumable art. So it's basically talking about the standardization of style in mass-consumed art. It talks about Netflix, Disney, Marvel. Uh something really interesting that was in it is that um Disney use AI technology and facial recognition when they're like showing people their new films to then get data on what like peaks people's emotions at like the, mm-hmm. the, the biggest, biggest point of the film. And then they use that as a template for the next film. So basically, wow. everything's just like a copy of a copy of a copy. Um, Netflix do the same. as
0: Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Well, and they do like algorithmic stuff. So, uh, Carrie Fukunaga, who did Maniac and True Detective, which is a masterpiece. Shout out True mm, Detective. It is, it is. Admitted in an interview that Netflix is a data company. They know exactly how their viewers watch things. And they know that based on the data you're going to lose viewers or gain viewers. So they basically create everything based around that. So it's not about art. Mm -hmm. It's not about telling a story. It's not about respecting cinema. It's just about making something that's going to do well with the algorithm.
1: And like emotionally manipulating audiences into falling for the same dirty tricks every time. Also, I think it's so funny. Like it goes back to what we were saying because yeah, it comes from this. um, What's the word? It comes from this wholesome place, right? So yeah, even if you are the like most staunch anti Disney, anti-Marvel person, it probably would invoke emotion in you because that's what these films are designed to do, and emotion mm-hmm. is like a very natural thing. Like you'd be you probably be a slightly abnormal if you just sat there not reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, not abnormal, I feel like I'm gonna get jacked for that. But you know what I mean? Like it would be an abnormal response, it'd be an uncommon response. Mm-hmm. But then It's so interesting, because the people that actually hold the power are like, in this instance, Disney, Netflix. And it's all based on, as you said, like science, which is, well, science-ish, like algorithm and maths, which is data. And they hold so much power in this area, especially Netflix, because there's been so much recently about how, you know, like Netflix cancel shows for low viewership figures. Mm -hmm. But they don't share those viewership figures with anyone. Yeah. So, for example, no one knows Netflix's metric on what a watch counts as. Like, does it count as the first one second of a show? Mm-hmm. Does it count as the first 30 seconds? Does it count as the first two minutes? Do you have to watch the whole thing? Um, like, for example, we know for our, our pod, this podcast, it has to you have to listen to like 95% of the episode for it to count as a listen. So anyone who drops off before that just doesn't count. But then it's like, that's so easily manipulated because if you're making a carbon copy of what you've done before because it performs well the first time, you're like making no space for growth, which is also profoundly uninclusive and like unsocially mobile. So then the people that are like, they like, just let people enjoy things gang are completely missing all of that. Mm.
2: Also don't just let people enjoy things think
1: about things critically. <laughs> go on yeah but i feel like that's such a double bind isn't it like because what we were saying the people that are applying to those like these cultural artifacts with these extreme responses do you think they're thin- thinking critically like i feel like we have a um pressure to think critically all the time mm-hmm. through the internet which then produces worms for brains yeah i'm
2: kind of yeah I think think critically, but it depends on the context. So, if it's someone saying yeah. they they enjoy coffee, be like, "You can enjoy coffee." If it's someone saying Marvel have made the best films of the last ten years,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Eden snob comes through. Would you I like think, to talk about the other bit? You go, go on, go on.
2: So, I think thinking critically on from like individual to individual, maybe people get a bit too uh, het up. I think thinking critically about, like, you know, big corporations, about Netflix, about Disney, I, I'm into that. So stop attacking people on Twitter for having a coffee and thinking you're an expert on everyone's lives. But stop consuming things at, like, a surface level.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, if you are consuming things at a surface level, that's fine, but then don't feel like you have to justify that to everyone. It's like, for example, I watch me in Chelsea and I'm not going to sit there and go, well, I just think it's a great like look through the keyhole of like the upper classes of our country and that we could learn a lot from watching them shout at each other over Prosecco. It's like, no, it's just shit. And sometimes I'm just going to put shit on telly and I don't agree with their class politics. I don't agree mm-hmm. with any of their politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't
2: really want to get started on that program. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause I, I think um, I'm totally contradicting to myself cause I, I am in two minds here. Like where, I am a total snob, but also I like hate people that hate stuff like Love Island and hate Made in Chelsea because sometimes you need
1: a bit of high art and low art. That's very true. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of Tumblr posts which kind of go into this phenomenon. One is, oh, they're both by this person, which is at Rothko, but without any vowels oh no there is one vowel okay it's r-t-h-k-o so the first one is 20 20 users are defending their right to assume picasso was a renaissance artist tiktok users think watching any film made made outside of the us makes you a snob replace classic lit with ya and fan fiction discourse is flourishing i think we're just living in anti-intellectual times and someone replied saying it's not anti-intellectualism it's anti-snobbery and then the same person did another post saying, let me ask you this how many snobs have you actually met? Because I've met many people who take an interest in art history, watch vintage films or films from outside the US, which by the way are not at all are not all art house films, or read and cherish historically and culturally significant literature. But I've never met anyone who will treat me like I'm a bad person for watching Mamma Mia or just wanting to be entertained once in a while. I have, however, met people who think art history is stupid and pointless, and that those who study it deserve to live in poverty, who are xenophobic and dismissive toward any art made outside of the US or Western Europe for that matter, or roll their eyes at people who read literature they consider boring because they've never given it a try. In fact, most of the people I know who you would consider snobs out of projected insecurity are cautious to bring up their interests because they think they'll be made fun of. Is anti-intellectualism anti-elitist at times, but it's sort of pseudo-populism that fits comfortably within contemporary right-wing discourse? Have you paid any attention to politics the last decade or so? If you're allergic to culture and new information, fine. Just don't claim the moral high ground for it okay I do see this I do I get it like I get it and I I think it is definitely full culture with how like full circle with how we are responding to politics and like populism and conservatism and like all of these types of things but I do like slightly refute the fact that like snobs are just scared to say what they think for fear of being told they're too clever. feels very like, "Mm, okay, like very like, you know, nerds are the real winner of high school vibes. Yeah,
2: so, so true. I do, I
1: like,
2: I like that post, but yeah, definitely it's, it's siding on the side of the nerds. But I do agree that people will just kind of shoot down your opinion because they think you're being pretentious. Mm Mm-hmm yes this is obviously a very american centric post i feel like i think it's
1: i think this whole thing is very american and i do think americans are by and large i think america is an anti-intellectual country i don't think our country is any better we just have more history and more of the horrible stuff to back ourselves up on. yeah
2: but maybe we have uh i don't know maybe more i don't know i don't want to offend any americans (laughs) Put, i feel on. I feel like maybe in this country we're more accepting of like uh higher forms of art all
1: right miss brexit brexit <laughs> means brexit eden young yeah. <laughs> no, I,
2: I don't mean that i mean like because it's like you know we've everyone watches european films and like films with subtitles and i don't know i just feel like maybe i think America we have enough. more
1: i think we're smaller mm-hmm. obviously that's mm-hmm. an absolute brain dead comment we're smaller and we have closer ties to Europe right mm. so we have more of their like cultural exports which makes us like close more closely tied to it
2: but then why do we consider like American why do we consider like European culture more like intellectual than American culture I suppose history
1: okay That's something it's episode. not built on pop culture right so this article you put in is really interesting as well. High art, low art and the status of aesthetics, Alex King for aesthetics for birds, um, where you say like it basically is breaking down the um difference between highbrow and lowbrow and how we're kind of reaching a middle brow era or like a era that's ununified by this kind of juxtaposition between lowbrow and highbrow, and it says High art slash highbrow things are now distinguished by a special mode of appreciation or engagement. You can like Buffy the Vampire Slayer for his commentary on feminism, coming-of-age stories and superhero tropes. You can like anything as long as you've got some articulate and intellectual reasons to justify your doing so. If that's right, then there must be a lowbrow way of appreciating things too. If high art appreciation is characterised by the presence of smart reasons, lowbrow appreciation must be characterised by their lack. Such art appreciation ends up looking straightforward and uncritical. To appreciate something this way is to just follow your nose and not ask why. No arguments, just enjoyment. Lowbrow appreciation, on the other hand, is relatively comfortable and easy. By this, I don't mean that lowbrow appreciation is all feel-good unicorns and rainbows. I just mean that the only thing you have to do to experience art this way is to experience things and feel things. This distinction resonates with the Borgio, Borgio, Bordeaux-inspired Point perhaps we're just trying to communicate how smart insightful and unlike the rest we are and of course the more complex we make the explanation the smarter and better we end up looking
2: so true which
1: i think is so true like i feel like that was such beckoned in with tumblr era as well of like pulling things apart like taking and i feel like we do have a so you know how like somewhere else in this research we said like someone makes the point that everyone thinks that like foreign films are um, like art house films because they don't have like the intrinsic understanding of that culture or it's like not their culture or whatever. Mm. I feel like our generation kind of has that, but with older stuff. Mm. So we'll like watch The Breakfast Club and be like, mm, a commentary on a blah 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 blah. <laughs> but then our parents just went and saw it in the cinema because it was like a really big film that came out. Mm.
2: Old doesn't necessarily mean good, but. I think the thing that you said in, about from that research that we're heading towards a middle brow, I think is so fucking true. Think about yeah. that film we watched the other day, The
1: Good Nurse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Me and I only had a little sleep over the other day. And we, watched, we did. Uh, I Made Lasagna. We watched A Good, a Good Nurse.
1: Yeah, it was which, Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain.
2: Which I think is a perfect example of The Middle Brow. So it's like high production Netflix film, Netflix original. True story. The director is a Danish director who did that Another Round by Mads Mikkelsen, and loads Mm -hmm. of other really like uh, not necessarily arty Danish films, but like very like European cinema. Um, Who's then done this big Netflix film? The film was good. I'm probably never going to watch it again in my life. No, so it's just like we're really entering this era of like really high high quality, select like got like A list actors in well crafted films or pieces of media that are just disposable.
1: Yeah, it's not, very, it's not high art like, and it's not low art.
2: Yeah, it's just like cool. That was alright. It entertained me for two hours, and it's like it's it's like it feels. I don't know. It just it feels a bit
1: bleak. That attitude is the one that empowers Disney. Like not that act- your attitude, but it's in like that mode of consuming is what empowers Disney to create things based on algorithms, algorithms, right? Yeah, I think it's interesting. And then I also think it's interesting, like, in that research, how it says, oh, you know, lowbrow people just feel things and highbrow people think things. Mm. Because I know the way that I enjoy things is by watching things and being like, vibes, and then it's afterwards that it makes you think about things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not all things, but the things I actually, like, hold dear to me and love and, like, carry through my life mm-hmm. are the things where I'm like, oh, I really enjoyed it. And then I'm like, why did I enjoy it? Oh, because it has this and this and this and it references that and some references that. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. You're not going into it hoping to to uh, write something critical about it.
1: Yeah, or, like, have a good conversation piece for, like, a supper club. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Whereas a lot of people are.
1: Yeah, like, I think we do have that thing. Like, a lot of people have that way of consuming where they they're constantly self-reflecting while consuming the object to then project that onto social media in some way yeah me drafting my
2: letterbox review
1: yeah exactly exactly (laughs) which i don't think is necessarily an intellectual mode of you have to let yourself feel things feeling is everything emotion Mm -hmm. is everything but then if your emotion after someone has a coffee with their husband and to say die maybe just hold that back for a second die (laughs)
2: you you like your coffee have you ever thought about dying
1: well (laughs) fuck off (laughs)
2: yeah
1: I like the like end of this article that you put in the research which is like hence the moral we as as aestheticians as critics and as audiences shouldn't be so quick to judge even those whose engagement with art seems superficial or unreflective we shouldn't make people feel bad if they can't articulate the reasons for which they like things it's not justified by theory and it's practically damaging. Such people it, such behaviour alienates people. So I worry that even in the brave new post brow world, we're heading toward this still pernicious distinction implicit in what we find it acceptable for people to enjoy. That distinction in particular isn't merely one of good versus bad art, but of smarter versus dumber ways of engaging with art. That's a bad distinction. It's bad because both ways of engaging are important and because the inarticulate way of engaging need not be seen as dumb, unsubtle or invalid because of it. And I feel like that goes full circle because the politicians and the people that are like preying on our emotions want us to feel dumb want us to feel that other people are making us feel dumb and Mm -hmm. unintellectual and unimportant so then we rally against them based on our intellectualism Mm -hmm. when really none of us are as bad as we think we are no it's
2: them
1: yeah
2: also marvel films are not good (laughs) (laughs) no you can enjoy them but just don't add them on like any like best films of 2022 lists
1: yeah, engage with the engage with the culture you are engaging with. Put mm-hmm. it into the context of your life.
2: It's all about context. Just because
1: you might think it's your favourite film does not mean that you are unclever, but to herald it as the best piece of cinema is to ignore its context. Yes. You said it better than me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can wrap up there. Thank you, Eden. Thank you, Ione. Thank you to the listeners. Please let us know what you think. It's very... Confusing, convoluted, heavy subject. Hopefully, we managed to make some sense of it. Thank you to Olivia for editing, to Gina, Gina, Charlotte, Izzy, Hattie, and Grace. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.